As much as people depend on us as leaders, you need someone who believes in you. You need a place to be open and honest with someone who's walked in your shoes and wants to help you become the leader you are meant to be. This is that place with those kind of people. Welcome to the Relational Leader Podcast with your host, Randy Bazette. Each episode will sit down and engage in life-giving conversation, unpacking leadership's greatest challenges. And now, your host, Randy Bazette. I'm glad you've decided to check out the Relational Leader Podcast. Whether you're a lead pastor or just a volunteer leader or staff person in your church, we all go through so many things in ministry and we have to make so many decisions and deal with so many things that a lot of times we're unsure of what to do. So I wanted to have a place where we could sit together and have conversations about real topics, real things that we're dealing with, and could glean and grow and get some wisdom from those things. And I think if we do that, then we can all be better if we're learning through this together. So that's the heart of this podcast. I pray that you learn something today, that you grow, and you become better in who you are as a person and as a leader. And I pray today that this podcast blesses you. Well, welcome to this episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. We're so excited to have you joining us, listening in wherever you're listening from. My name is Kristen, and as always, I've got Randy Bezet with me. Randy, how you doing? What's up, Kristen? Hey, I'm doing great today. Good to have all our listeners joining us again today for another great episode. I'm really excited about this episode and what we're going to be talking about today. I know I am us. too. We, you know, we always talk practical ministry, life, leadership, family, and every now and then we've got guests that join us mm-hmm. and we have a really special guest uh, this week and, and, and I'm real, I'm excited to dive into the topic and what he's going to share. And so he's a good friend of yours. Yes. Yes. Sean Nepstead, uh, him and his wife, Diana, pastor an incredible church in, in California in Antioch and uh started in 2002 uh right sean same year we, we started bayside and exactly uh, sean and i we spent a lot of time together we serve on the the ark and in, in leading planting churches through the association of related churches we're we're always hanging out and doing things together at different times and man sean is is i have more fun with sean he's kind of like <laughs> my brother we laugh. There have been times when we got in trouble. We were laughing so hard in oh. some meeting somewhere. <laughs> yeah, well, when you're not supposed to laugh, that what that's what makes it even more funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's how hard I laugh when I'm with you. Honestly, it's uh, it's beyond. You I, need, I need some friends who I can just laugh till I wheeze and my gut hurts, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've heard you wheeze before, and that would be a good way of describing it. <laughs> And so, man, it is great to have you here, and uh, uh, I'm so thankful for your friendship, your leadership, uh, your church. By the way, guys, this church, uh, Fellowship Church, is is incredible. It is so powerful. The worship, the leadership, the next generation, and what you guys are doing. You can always tell the mark of a leader, not just with his marriage, but uh, with his daughters, and and he has he has four daughters. Well, they love the Lord. They love church. They're full of life, and they're they're homeschooled. So yeah, I mean it's a true anomaly. <laughs> Man, bless your wife. Yes, she's superwoman. I bet she is. 
Well, Sean, we're so glad to have you here with us today. And I know y'all like to have a good time because uh, I, you know, when I jumped on, I had never met Sean before and um, you guys were already cracking up quite a bit. <laughs> But it is such an honor to have you and, and and get to know you a little bit. And we are so honored to have you on this podcast and share um, about your new book. You have a book that came out recently, and it's called Don't Quit in the Dip. And there's a lot of dip in people's lives, um, you know, no pun Being intended. from Louisiana, there's, there's, yeah, they even have girls over there that dip. <laughs> Uh, but that's no, a different kind of dip. That's a different kind. But our world is going through quite a bit of a dip right now. And in, in, yeah. in, in our recording, we're, you know, kind of whatever, neck deep in coronavirus and mm-hmm. all sorts of racial tension and all sorts of things happening in our country. Um, people's marriages are having dips and finances are having dips. And, and the heart behind your book is really about hope and healing in the mm-hmm. middle of a dip. And I'm excited to jump in and kind of discuss it a little bit. And so I wanted to kick off the conversation. If you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your journey and what the inspiration behind this book was. Sure. First of all, thanks for having me. It's it's a huge honor to be here. And um, my heart behind the book really was to help people who feel stuck. I tried to get the publisher to push off the launch date. I said, I don't want to launch a book in COVID. And they said, no, Sean, it has to come out now. We're in a worldwide dip. Yeah. I mean, some people feel like they're in a seven layer dip, you know, yeah. <laughs> they just have one dip after another, after another. And I didn't know this, but the book came out August 18th, which is National Never Give Up Day. What? We didn't plan it. it I just didn't happened. know there was such a thing. I didn't either. <clears throat> but who do you know right now that's not going through it? That's not in a dip. You're right. And so through the book, I take you on a progression, really, of identifying the dip and then lessons learned in the dip. What do you need to leave behind in the dip? And then what's on the other side of the dip? Because everybody has this idea, this dream, maybe it's from God, maybe it's a business dream or success, this idea, and then there's always a dip before you get there. Mm -hmm. And the problem is most people quit right here. Mm. And successful people are not people who were exempt from a dip, they just didn't quit. That's why we look up to them, that's why we admire them. So whether it's a marriage or whether it's trying to get pregnant and it's not working, whether it's your health, depression, anxiety, fear, whatever's going on, you need to know that you don't have to quit in the dip. I wonder how many of our own personal dreams, or maybe not even dreams, just success stories that are unwritten mm-hmm. because we all quit when it when it got tough, mm-hmm. when we were in that dip. And it's that, that push through, that grit probably yeah. is, is what you are describing there, that if we could just push a little bit further, we would make it through uh, to the other side. And I think yeah. that you're publisher was absolutely right this is a great time for this book to come out and and i'm sure you've probably gotten some flack from that but you know you can never do uh what god has called you to do and expect everybody to agree with it and uh mm-hmm. sean you're a great leader and uh in this book i love the, the the whole series that you talked about the the cycle to this thing yeah would you mind giving us that one more time i want to make sure listeners get that that yeah. was that was powerful yeah, it's just identifying the dip and then realizing, first of all, there's something on the other side of the dip. There's You have to have vision to continue. And then uh, identifying the dip, what do you need to learn in the dip? What lessons is God trying to teach you? And then you got to understand that you have to leave some stuff behind in the dip and then something on the other side of the dip. 
I have four daughters, and when we first had the four girls, they were four daughters under the age of two. You heard that right. Ooh. It was a two-year-old, a one-year-old, and twins were zero. Oh, my. Because we're really good planners. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're great at when, planning. <laughs> when, our, when our daughters are growing older, it was hilarious because they never knew what the ice cream truck was. And I feel partly responsible for that. Uh, it was me that told them, girls, that's the music truck. That's what that thing is. <laughs> Now, listen, before you judge me too quickly on this podcast, uh, you need to know how much money I saved in two years. Like $4 for an overpriced ice cream sandwich? I don't think so. So every time the music truck would roll around our neighborhood, they would play the music and the girls would run outside. They would never ask for ice cream. They didn't know it was inside. They would smile and wave. Hi, music truck. Hi. <laughs> you are the worst. Oh, man. I'm feeling the judgment right now. And I tell you, everything changed one day when I picked them up from grandma's house. My wife's mom. Oh, the my mom because, story. My mom because of the law, you know, basically. So you know exactly where this story is going. Our daughters, who at the time were probably five, four, and twins were three. My eldest comes running out, eyes as wide as saucers, and says, Dad, you'll never guess what happened to Dad. I said, what is it? She said, the music truck has ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Grandma messed it all up for me, guys. But my point is this. There was more available, and they didn't even know it. I feel like that's how a lot of people are in life right now. There's more available, and they don't know it. Mm -hmm. Don't settle for music truck theology. Mm. God does have more. I know you feel like you're in a bad season right now. I know it feels like there's you've hit the lid and there's no way that there's that you can come out of this. But but God still does have more. John 10:10, 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, which the devil's doing a pretty good job in 2020. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have to convince anybody. But Jesus said that that's not where the sentence ends. That's not where the verse ends. The devil comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come to give you life. The message paraphrase says to give you real life. It's eternal life. It's more than you could even dream of. The problem is a lot of things in life promise more, but there's only one who can deliver more, and that's Jesus. Man, so I I'm, want people to believe that there is more, that you don't have to settle in the dip. That's so, that's so good. That's so encouraging. You know, though, I can imagine that this book was probably written out of some past experiences and, and things that you walked through. Because sometimes when you're in the dip, it's even if you know there's more, what, like what you're describing, it's still hard to like get up in the morning and, and put your shoes on and, and get out and get in your car and drive to work or push through whatever that is. I, I'd love it if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit. Don't give away too much of what's in the book, but maybe share a little bit from your book of what was help people maybe some from of your past experiences when they're kind of right in that dip and they know there's more but they just don't know if they have another sure. breath to take on another day it's a very frustrating place to be and the problem with frustration is that it never stays put it always slips into despair i started our church when i was 24 years old and you have to be half crazy to start church at 24. <clears throat> our city was in luck though because i'm three-quarter crazy on my daddy's side you know, I'm, I'm fifth generation fifth generation pastor on both sides of the family wow and it was kind of insinuated to build a great church and preach real hard and, and have great worship and the church will grow 
But that might work for some people. It wasn't working for me. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, that means you're assuming you were a great preacher. <laughs> I mean, well, well whether we had great worship. <laughs> <laughs> no, we. You know, it's it's difficult when you have a dream inside your heart. And here's the big question: What do you do when the dream inside of you is not matching the reality that's in front of you? Think about that question. Let it sink in. Mm-hmm. Whether it's business, whether it's ministry, marriage, whatever it is, something's not matching up. <clears throat> so the church, it grew to 300 and plateaued for seven years, zero growth. That's a long dip. Wow. That's a long yeah, dip, three, man. 300 is a great sized church, but we just had more in our heart to do, more people to, we wanted to reach. So I remember after seven years, a fail attempt. Uh, we were portable, by the way, for 13 years. I had a, a, a battle with my health. I dropped down to 125 pounds with ulcerative colitis and mm. stress and worry. My life was dominated by fear. I have a whole chapter in the book called Bye Bye Fear, how to overcome that in anxiety and depression. Mm. But it, all of this is, is, is like <clears throat> at the same time, and I was going out of my mind. I remember I had preached faith on the weekend. But on a Tuesday, I'm folded up like origami underneath my desk, Mm -hmm. crying, Mm -hmm. literally tears streaming down my face as I'm barely even able to squeak out the words, God, I'm done. Pick somebody else. And I'm just here to tell you, if you're in a dip, you're not alone. None of us have the perfectly filtered lives that we portray on Instagram, you know, or Facebook. We all have a dip of of some sort, a, a problem that we we are now starting to talk ourselves out of believing God for the more that he came to bring. And I just want to let, let you know that you don't have to quit in the dip. So <clears throat> we start a prayer meeting, which I catch on really fast, you know, seven years in. Hey, guys, maybe we should pray. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a I, great leader. <laughs> I guess it's better so, late than never. I mean, you know, prayer. I, well, I, mean, I guess so. It's a last effort, you know. Okay, we'll pray and see if God can resurrect this thing. <laughs> oh my God! Isn't it funny how we'll try the latest fad on anything, but sometimes the old faithful basics, we're like, ah, I don't really think that's going to work. Mm. We start a prayer meeting, and I wish I could say it was super anointed. It was like eight of us and six were my family. They had, <laughs> yeah, you paid and, them ice cream, <laughs> and we we banked on Jeremiah thirty three three. God said, call to me, I'll answer, and I'll show you wonderful and marvelous things. And I I told the Lord, I said, I'm not seeing wonderful and marvelous. Mm. I'm seeing mediocre at best. We we pray, we kept on praying. Sometimes you have to continue consistently in the same direction for a long time before you start seeing the compound interest being built. That's good. We did that for about a year, and then all of a sudden, something broke. God had to, he had to increase my leadership. I had to personally come out of the dip before I was able to lead a church out of a dip. And now the church is thousands and thousands of people. And I think this, where would they be had we quit 10 years ago in the dip? That's a scary thought. That is a scary thought. Mm-hmm. Also, you think about this, there are certain lessons that have to be learned in the dip. Like there was a phrase back in the day in college called C's get degrees. What that means is, well, I'm not interested in the curriculum. I just want to do the bare minimum to get by so I could be promoted to the next level. Well, that might be okay with college. It ain't okay with God. God is not interested in time, a length of time. He's interested in retention and lessons learned. And you have to understand that there are certain tests 
that God is using to get us prepared for the next level. You think about James, the half-brother of Jesus. He's like, hey, guys, to the 12 tribes scattered abroad, by the way, uh, they're being persecuted for their faith. They're in quarantine. There's no DoorDash. There's no (laughs) Wi-Fi. They're waiting for James to say, hey, tell us to come back to Jerusalem. We want to know that things are going back to normal. And they open up the email, and James is like, hey, count it all joy, my brothers, when you go through (laughs) trials of many kinds, knowing something. There's a chapter in the book called The Secret of Knowing, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or perseverance and let perseverance finish its work so you can be mature, Mm -hmm. complete, and lacking nothing. All of us want to be mature, complete, and lacking nothing, but we don't want to test. Mm -hmm. And there are certain... persevere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we were joking beforehand, and, and, and you even said, don't you test me. We say that all the time. In right. Life. We say it on the freeway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Test me. Don't, don't you? It means don't you push me to my limit. And unfortunately, we've turned around and had the same mentality of God. We've said, God, don't don't you test me. Don't push me to my limit. And again, we've forgotten there are certain benefits and life lessons that won't be achieved any other way. You know, I think something you you said that uh, I think is important for pastors and leaders to know. You were talking about, you know, that you were you were going through all of this, and you alluded to the fact and, and and said that God had to do something in me, and then it could happen in the church. And and I think as pastors and leaders, I think it's important for us to know that that the story that's being written is not about the church. Mm-hmm. The story that's being written is about our own personal life. Mm. The story, the church is a part of that story, but the church isn't the focal point. It's our life and our relationship with God. And so if we can go to him and walk through these things, well, then the the church goes with us. And so when we get the focus off of that and on ourselves, and and when you're going through the dip, instead of saying, God, why is this happening? But God, what? Mm -hmm. That's a completely different question, right? What are you doing through this? What do you in want me? me to learn? What do you want to do yeah. in me through all of this kind of stuff? Then we can get out of the dip, and then the church comes with us, or the family comes with you, or the business yeah. comes with you, or the child comes with you, or whatever it is. But it's for, it's about your own story and your own working this salvation out with fear and trembling yeah. in your own life. Yeah, you know what's great about the public school system in America? If you don't pass a grade, they're so gracious. They'll let you take the whole grade over again. Hey, I know my best three years in life was second grade. (laughs) (laughs) And God, God's the same way. If you don't pass the test, he'll let you take it all over again. We oftentimes think in terms of length of time and God's thinking, I need you to learn some stuff because he didn't want you to get to your destiny unprepared. They were, they were graduating people in the Bay area a few years ago who couldn't read that's not doing them a service that's 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 a slap like like that's that's the wrong way and so many of us are are going through the same test and so people will leave a marriage or they'll leave a church or leave a city or leave a job and they'll think the problem was geographical Mm -hmm. and then they Mm -hmm. get to the new place the new marriage the new church the new whatever and they realize oh this this test is still here okay could there be a common denominator here that that we've not been aware of God wants to work something out in us. The test and trial is what God uses to prepare us for the next level. Let me ask you this. How can we expect God's promotion if we reject God's curriculum? 
Mm, don't good. don't resist the test. You can literally say, "Bring the heat," because you know it's a secret of knowing. You know it's producing something in you. Yeah. And then I think a lot of people are looking in the wrong places right now. You know, they're looking to different things. But when I I don't know I know your listeners have never cheated on a test. I cheated. Not, not these <laughs> listeners. No. Way. No. Our <laughs> listeners are perfect. No. So yeah, you tell us I, about your time when you cheated because we don't really know okay. what you're talking about. I cheated in, in, in high school on a test, but I never looked at the guy who was, I never tried to cheat off the guy who was flunking in, in the class. You know, I never did that. No, that's I was smart. You to, were a smart cheater. I was, a, uh, yeah, a high IQ cheater. <laughs> I, I tried to cheat off the smart kids and they were, they were always mean, you know, they were like, you should have done your own homework and they wouldn't let me cheat. But even think about this, even if the kid who was flunking out offered to let me see the answers, <laughs> I was like, Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I think I'll just guess. You know, like, here's why. You all know, and you'd agree, you can't find the right answers in the wrong places. True. This is an open mm -hmm. book test with the Word of God. And many of us are looking to all these other places for answers. God has them. And so we're coming back to, Lord, I know you have a purpose. I know you have a plan. It's not over. What are you trying to teach me to prepare me to go to the next level? That's so good. You know, I want to I want to pose a question. A lot of our listeners are are pastors, ministry leaders, leaders in the church. And and so let's speak to them for a little bit in what is it that we can do as pastors and ministry leaders to really help encourage and pastor the people that we're leading, that are a part of our church, that are finding themselves in these situations that you're describing? They're in the dip. They're trying to push through. They're looking in the wrong place. They're quitting something, starting over, but they never fix the real problem. So their seven-year season is still going. What can we What can we do? And Pastor Randy, maybe you have some stuff to add to this as well. Um, to help equip the the leaders and pastors who are trying to, especially in this season that we're in right now. Yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of people in some deep dips. Yeah. I think it's very important to realize that vision is the greatest motivator. So you have to keep vision. Without vision, people perish and cast off restraint. That's what the devil's trying to get us to do. He's trying to get us to, to, to start talking ourselves out of believing God for more. And... I think it's important to know that he's still working. My wife is a classically trained opera singer. And uh, so I took her to Phantom of the Opera. I said, I'm going to take you to the opera. And she schooled my novice mind and said, actually, it's a musical. It's not an opera. <laughs> and I said, well, they need to take it out of the name then because that's confusing. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind of like <laughs> false advertising there. I mean. Uh, yeah, I wanted my money back for the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so smart. We sit there for an, for an hour and the curtains close. And I think to my wife, I say to my wife, that was a weird place to end. And she says, oh, no, 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 that's intermission. Oh, okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. So we stand up, exit stage right, and go to the lobby. We stuff our face with popcorn and soda, my favorite part, and come back in, and nothing has changed. The curtains are still closed. Everything's the same, or so I thought. Matter of fact, when the, when the curtains open again this next time, I had no idea that it was a new set new costumes, new design, new characters. And while we were out there stuffing our face with popcorn and soda, there was an entirely different team working behind the scenes to change everything while I was unaware. I would encourage every, every minister, every pastor, every husband, every wife, every young person, 
just because you don't see God moving does not mean he's not working. It's good. He is working behind the scenes. Romans 8 tells us he's working all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Don't confuse your intermission with your finale. It's not over yet. It's so true, and you, you're right. I think it's vision. I know for me as a pastor, what do I do when people are going through difficult times is you have to give them a vision. No, this marriage can be restored. Mm-hmm. No, God can heal in this situation. Yeah. He's done it in the past. He'll do it again. And if they can't see themselves uh, getting out of this situation, they'll never push through that, that dip. And, uh, and God is always working. I think of even Jesus with his disciples. He cursed the fig tree. As soon as he cursed it, it was already dying, but they didn't see it till they came back again the next day. And that's wow. true of life as well, that, that God is working underground even when you can't see it. And it's just giving people faith and vision for what could be. And uh, that's what they have to have. You're right, Sean. They'll never continue if they think the intermission is the finality, finality, yeah. and uh, and we have to keep pushing them towards that. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting too because you think about like a guy named Joseph. Joseph had a thirteen year dip. He was he had a dream, great dream. His brother's gonna bow down to him. He shared it with them, and they're like, "We hate you." <laughs> and all of a sudden, what happened is uh, he they sell him into slavery. He's human trafficked, falsely accused, thrown in prison, forgotten for 13 years and every once in a while tucked into the pages of this old testament story you read joseph went through test 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 trial 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 dip after dip after dip and a little statement pops out and the lord was with joseph <laughs> is <laughs> I think that it sounds how it is it's in british <laughs> yeah totally it's more wow. annoying. it's more encouraging you know and it's it does jump out of the page when it's in you know queen's english like that <laughs> And the Lord was with you. What Joseph. version? <laughs> what version is that? That's the new British version. <laughs> but it's crazy because after 13 long years, he's elevated to become second in command of the most powerful nation in the world. Right. God gave him a fresh strategy in a pandemic to save thousands of people's lives, which, by the way, I'm praying for us, all of us listening, that God would give us fresh strategies in this season. Well, if you know the Bible, you know that his brothers come one day and 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 Joseph has this idea to save grain and he has a bunch of bread, which makes Egypt the wealthiest nation in the world at that time. His brothers come, they're bowing down before him just like the dream, and they want bread. They don't recognize him though. He's got like this Egyptian garb on, he's got like this Mac eyeliner makeup. And when he could have taken revenge, he doesn't. You mm-hmm. you've heard of twenty twenty vision? Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, isn't it funny how every pastor in America was like, 2020 vision, it's the year of 2020, and then 2020 slapped us in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wear glasses now, but I used to wear fake ones And um, when I was like 21, and, and I just like the idea, you know, I want to be able to preach and be like, Jesus loves you. You know, just it's a great point maker. And what's crazy is my, my eye doctor said, Sean, your prescription will change every couple of years that's what's happening right now so you can't see anything right now you just took your glasses off would you tell everybody how bad i look right now (laughs) rick bizet you look great (laughs) (laughs) that's great diana (laughs) what's great what's crazy is that in this year 
I think our prescription's changing. And you know, yeah. you go to the eye doctor and they you have you cover one eye and they ask you, can you read? Can you see it? And you're like, uh, D, M, O. I feel like the Lord's giving a, a, us a new prescription. Mm-hmm. And right now he's asking, can you still read it? Galatians 6, 9. Don't grow weary in doing good for at the proper time we'll re- we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. That's good. You've heard of 20... 20- 2020 vision. Let me give you 5020 vision. Genesis 50, 20. Joseph looks at his brothers and says, I know you threw me in that dip to try to kill me and hurt me, but God meant it for good to turn around so I could save thousands of people's lives. Listen, Joseph, his destiny was on the other side of the dip. Mm-hmm. Where would all these thousands of people's lives be? Had he quit in the dip, he had many chances and reasons to. He didn't have a small group. He didn't have a U version Bible app. He like he literally didn't have a lot of things we have today, and still never quit in the dip. He saved his brothers, who'd go on to be the twelve tribes of Israel. Yeah. For all of you who are watching, who are stuck in a dip, it's not over. Mm-hmm. It's not so over until God says it's over. And last time I checked, my Bible still says, "He who began a good work in you." We'll be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Don't, don't quit in the dip. You know don't, what I think? Th- a there lot are of people time, waiting for you on the other side. They, they are, and and it's and it's so important what you're saying. And I think part of the reason sometimes we we probably wonder, God, when? So mm-hmm. okay, here's the lesson I'm supposed to be learning. God is that you're faithful and perseverance, and I'm going to be mature and perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Okay, I get that, God, but but when? And, and I think a lot of times, I think it's true in the story of Joseph. I think it's true in my own dips. I think in everybody who's listening, if we look back in the seasons past where we were in this dip waiting for the breakthrough, that now that we're on the other side, we can look back and go, God, if you would have given it to me, the answer, the success, the, the breakthrough, in that moment way back then, it would have been the wrong time because perhaps – yeah. Our shoulders weren't broad enough to carry mm-hmm. it at the time. And it's in that moment when you're in the pit, when you're in the dip, when when you're waiting for that, that God is developing some character. He's developing something in us so that we're mature and complete and lacking nothing. And we can't get to the answer until we're ready for it because we would misrepresent so it. Mm-hmm. We would mishandle it. Perhaps Joseph would have destroyed his brothers but his character had to get to the be of the place where he realized, oh, God, you are doing something. Yeah. It, it's not not just about, about me. And yeah. uh, I would challenge all of us, as you're in the middle of this, and you're saying, God, when? Quit thinking about when in a time like we think about mm-hmm. time. Because right. according to us, you know, the, the, the Greek word, when we think about time, we think of the word chronos which is where we get the word chronological from. Like, God, when, give me the date, give me the time, when is this going to turn around? But God doesn't think about it in, in Kronos time. He thinks about it in Kairos time, which is a favorable moment where God just kind of decides to just kiss our earth and, and develop something and bring us mm-hmm. in a breakthrough to something. And, and so God's looking at things from Kairos, but how we manage the Kronos leads us to the Kairos. So what can God so, develop and grow inside us so we can get to that breakthrough moment? Mm-hmm. So to me, I think in the dip, that's what we all need to be. God, develop me so that I am ready for that. Mm-hmm. 
That's so good. I want to go back to something that you said, Sean, a little while ago in this conversation, while people are in the dip and, you know, our British accent that you used. um, But sometimes it's easy to forget that God is with us. We know that he's trying to develop something in us and we're trying to stay focused. But sometimes we feel like we're just alone in it. And sometimes physically we are alone. Maybe a spouse has left or kids have left or friends have left or, or, you know, but, but we're never alone in the in the dip so that to keep going i thought that was just such a a great little the lord was with joseph yeah (laughs) i can't do an accent i don't know how to um yeah i don't know how to do it but um but what a great reminder of of that and looking for that that like looking for god to show up yeah rather than looking for what's wrong right look for what what god what are you doing in this how are you with me in the middle of this season and uh because i i have 15 things that god hasn't done yet and maybe only and that's have what one. we focus on a lot of times is oh, god you haven't yeah. done this god you haven't shown up here god when are you going to come and do this god this prayer hasn't been answered is god faithful even when you know he hasn't answered all my prayers yet yes he is it's just staying engaged don't give up yeah. till you get out of the dip yeah it's so important to realize and some of your sweetest moments with the lord are going to be in the worst seasons of your life so true no. he's close to the brokenhearted and it's so not true. just, hey, God, what are you trying to teach me? I always praise this. Help me to learn fast. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go around this same mountain longer than I have to. I don't think yeah. you can pray for patience and tell God to give it to you in a hurry. That, that might be. <laughs> I don't can you hurry up and give me patience? What's the lesson I'm supposed to learn now? I just, Sean, I don't know. I, you might want to take that out of the book. I mean, <laughs> yeah, rip that out. You know what's oh. crazy is that there were, there were some certain people going back to our analogy of learning in school, that flunked a grade and had to repeat the whole grade over. But then there are those people who skipped a grade. And and it's not that they didn't learn the lessons. They just learned the curriculum at a rapid pace. I say that because I think sometimes the length of mm. the trial and the test or the dip can be up to us. Because God's not in just some sort of like punishment, like, oh, you're in a dip now, and it's going to be 12 years or seven years mm-hmm. exactly. I think I could have made it out of the dip seven years, in three years or two years. I could have skipped some stuff had I embraced the test instead of fighting it so much. And I, and I think we can welcome uh, the test because we know that it's producing something in us. So you can actually maybe skip some things, and get out early. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, I'm ready to graduate. Oh, <laughs> hurry up and have some patience. Second grade is just kicking my tail <laughs> right still, now. He's still in it. I'm still here, <laughs> Sean. Give me some. Oh, Jesus! Help yeah, Randy us. couldn't color in the lines. You know, it's tough. No, second I'm. Tough. I'm moving to California because they'll even if I can't finish second grade, they'll give me a diploma. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming. Everybody's a winner. Oh, man. All right. So as we kind of near the end of our time today, give us, Sean, if if, if we're going to go pick up this book, our listeners, I'm, I know that they are because what you've been sharing with us is so good. Um, but tell me, what, what would you say is like the biggest takeaway that somebody's going to get when they read this or maybe they gift this book to somebody? Uh, but if you had to boil it down to something, what would you say is the biggest takeaway? You just have to realize God is still at work. It's not over. Mm. And I know you think it's over, but let me just, let me be that voice of reason in your mind. It's not over yet. 
And I know a lot of people are throwing in the towel in life, in finances, in marriage, in ministry. And I just want to reawaken motivation for everybody who's tired, everybody who feels like they're going to call it quits and throw in the towel, that God still has more available. And, and your destiny is on the other side of the dip. When you go through something, you don't want to talk to somebody who hasn't been through it. You literally look for people who have been through that dip so you can talk. How did you make it out? You got to realize God's working. If you think about this, all I love cake. I mean, cake no, is just come on, it's let's talk about it. All types of cake. I mean, we could spend the next 30 minutes talking about cake. But it's made up of different ingredients that are not pleasant alone. Mm-hmm. Like none of us have woken up at three in the morning like, man, I should I could sure go for a spoonful of flour. <laughs> or let me just drink some oil. Or let's watch a rom- romantic comedy together and have some salt. Like we don't do that. But we know that when you mix them all together, something happens to the molecular structure. And then you put it in some heat, you know, 350 degrees for about 40 minutes. And if you leave it in there long enough, don't you take that cake out too early. It will collapse. If you leave it in there long enough, it's good. that which is flat will begin to rise. The bitter is overtaken by the sweet, and there'll be people lined up just to have a bite. In the same way, God's working all things together for good. Every season is not pleasant alone. But when you allow God to add his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness, his hope, his healing, something changes. He, he, he takes the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he's working it together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Your faith that was flat will begin to rise. And the bitter will be overtaken by the sweet. And if you stay in there long enough, don't you come out too early, because you'll collapse. There'll be people lined up just to hear how you made it through. Hmm. And if God did it before, his credit is good with us. Listen to me, everybody. It's not over. Don't quit in the dip. So good. Sean. It's so good. So good. Everybody needs this book. You need it, mm-hmm. and you probably have a friend that needs it. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. buy one for yourself and buy one for a friend. And uh, you guys start a book club, start a group. You know, actually, you have some great curriculum, too, for small groups, don't you? Yeah, we do. We have an eight-episode eight series just all based on this. Super simple. And what I wasn't prepared for, whenever we're doing book signings at our church, people are buying 5, 10, 15 books. And I'm like, who are these for? But everybody knows somebody in a dip. Yeah. They're like, this is for my mom. My mom's in a dip. My boss is in a dip. My kid's in a dip. I think we ought to really buy it for our friends and family, but also our kids. Like going back to college and kids in high school, because they their depression is at an all-time high, crisis hotline up 300% fear, anxiety. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just people don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. God's given me some keys to help people climb out of the dip. And you were telling us before we, we started recording that you, you're getting stories of people that have read this book that are in a dip and, and their life, they're making some different decisions and it's going to put their life on completely different trajectory. Would you mind sharing just one or two of those that, that have come your yeah. way? Oh, they're the best. Uh, and, and really, it's hard to model something you don't see. So if you don't hear that it's possible, you don't think it is possible. That's why the power of a testimony like this book is so vitally important. We had this, this one marriage that was over. I mean, over, over. Like, not just done, but like done, da, done, done, done. <laughs> and all they wanted to do is sell the house, 
walk away. They come up to a small group, not mine, but somebody else's, and they say, she, the, the lady said, I started reading this book, Don't Quit in the Dip. Looks at her husband, she's like, we can't quit. Hmm. So now they're in the process of restoration. Wow. Uh, it's, it's just, it's little things like that. Somebody else was going to take their life. If that life was over, hmm. they read the book. They said, I, I don't know where I'd be without this. So whatever the situation is, you know, none of us, none of us have it all together. We are all struggling. And for some people, they, they've given up hope. For some, they're about to throw in the towel. They're mid-range, you know, about to launch the towel out. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just want this book to be used to help people. And then don't just think for yourself, who can you pass it on to that's mm-hmm. in a dip? Because I believe that God can still work good out of any situation. Absolutely. Well, those stories are so encouraging. And and for all of our listeners, I do hope that you pick this up and pick it up for a friend. We will have a link available um, on randybezet.com. You can also get the book uh, at Amazon and Target and Barnes and Noble, I think pretty much anywhere. Um, and so be sure that you do that. Well, Pastor Sean, it truly has been a pleasure to hear your heart and what God has shown you and allowed you to put pen to paper. And uh, really, thank you for encouraging us today. Thank you so oh, much, Sean. Really, man, great word, great book. I think it's not just a, a good book. I think it's a it's a word for mm-hmm. America right now and, and people around the world, really. The fact that we're in this pandemic and people mm-hmm. are dealing with so many things. No one is exempt from the dip right now. So right. I think it was the Lord's timing and destiny. And so thank you for being obedient. And uh, thanks for joining us, man. I loved having you thank- on here. Thank you so much. I love you. You have helped me get out of the dip. And uh, I'm just so grateful for our friendship that we get to do life together, man. Thanks, buddy. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. We look forward to the next time we're together. Until then, we hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. For more resources, visit randybazette.com.